welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. Okay. I don't want to take the air out of your balloon, but if you were so brilliant, why would you be here? Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. there's got to be something else better to do on a Tuesday. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, you know, in a few minutes, we're going to ask Jerry to talk about a week that he spent, I think it was about a week in England yeah. recently. We're, our musical guest is kind of unique. It's uh, young Josie Galvin. Josie is only 10 years old. She studies here ukulele from one of the touring performers who's part of this cast of characters at Folk School Coffee Parlor, and that's Hannah Mathy, very talented young woman herself. So she's teaching Josie how to play the ukulele. Josie is starting to write songs, and she's going to perform her song, Detention Blues. I'm anxious to hear the story behind it because her yeah. parents are in the first row. <laughs> uh, and uh, as I say, Jerry's going to talk about England. In fact, th just to tease a early part of that, so you were in England, and I know you were born in a subway stop in England. Did you go visit yep. your birthplace? And there, yes, I did. Oh, All wow. Right. Uh, it's uh, it's the Highgate tube station. Okay. And I was born there, and and it was we a scene there because there is no plaque. Huh. <laughs> That's wrong. You'd think I you'd mean, think when London you, would want to commemorate that. How much does a plaque cost? <laughs> yeah, you right. Put it up in one of the tiles. Yeah. Gerald was born here. Wow. I yeah. have a key to the city for Cincinnati. I can give you, and you can hang that up there. Hey, but let me ask you this. Uh, <laughs> There are a lot of people, and we've chatted about that a little bit on our podcast, who want you to run for governor. Now, I'm sure not everybody, but there are people who are coming to you from various places around Ohio. So are they asking you when you're in England, because you were born in England, oh, to yeah. run for parliament? Actually, this is God's truth. I, you know, I'm on these various TV shows being interviewed, and, and that question did come up. No, no kidding. I'm because sure. I was complaining that the reason I was born in England, but the reason I left is when I found out I couldn't be king. And but I'm now I come to America, and because I wasn't born here, I find out I can't be president. They laid so a dollar short, buddy. Now, but I could go back and run. Apparently, as long as you are in what used to be the British Empire, mm -hmm. you are eligible to run. So I'd have to go to Canada. Mm. Which mm. one I don't think that's a bad idea. Yeah. I mean, right. <laughs> well, one more speech by Trump, I'll be there. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just, I mean it in only the nicest way. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you know, yeah. the thing we do on this podcast yes. that I get deluged with emails about, <laughs> and which one, Gene? Constant calls from corporate oh. is this segment because it, it's seen as a public service, as the uh, thing we do called Ask the Lifeguard. Yeah. We have a, we found this guy, Dr. Gregory Schran, found him through his website. Actually, he called us and was kind of honest about what you had me on. He has a website. You can go to it, askthelifeguard.com. And he is Ooh, trained. Oh, I think he gets a lot of hits. And he, he's trained as a 
medieval literature professor, but oh, he doesn't find what. much work in that area. So he became a lifeguard and a hazardous waste guy and a bunch of other stuff. And <laughs> I a, can fix your a chandelier. <laughs> wine salesman, etc. What does his so. card look like <laughs> with all these occupations? Yeah, no, all right. yeah. Yeah. TV VCR yeah. repair. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. uh, we have him on the line, oh, and, I, and I'm going to do this no. before. So he's been on one at a time. Uh, Dr. Gregory Schran, AskTheLifeGuard.com, on his website, and it applies to the podcast as well. If you have a question you want to ask a lifeguard, and I've already gotten one, and bam, four or five, there's more than we're even going to be able to take. And you send these to gene at jerryspringer.com. Yeah. And they're, they're appearing. about as many as go and, to uh, lifeguard. Uh, and you can also ask questions about Every medieval theater. literature. You might have a question about yeah. something dealing with They gen- with generally literature. go hand in hand. Yeah. So. <laughs> all right, so the first question, wow. First of all, Dr. Schrand, are you there? Well, the first be question. Hello, yes. That was the first question, are you there? He's there. That's the, mo- that's the question that asked most often of the lifeguard, are you there? What's important. Hell! <laughs> uh, how are you, Dr. Schrand? I'm, I'm fine. I'm enjoying standing here on the beach. Okay, well, he's in his natural habitat. You know, when you were on last, a question came up, and it's interesting. The, the first question What's is... What's that in the background? Is that a seal? Sounds like a beach to me. Anyway, there's a follow-up question from your last visit, and this is coming okay. from Kevin from Jacksonville, Florida. And because we asked you about mouth-to-mouth re- resuscitation. So here's the question. If three of you lifeguards are tending to an unresponsive victim who needs mouth-to-mouth, and by the way, when there is an unresponsive victim, I've noticed this on the beach or at pools, like it's like red alert for the lifeguards. Sure. They all show up. Right. Well, oh, that's their absolutely. Job. All right. So the question from Kevin from Jacksonville is, how do you all decide which of you three administers it? Well, we actually have a, what, what might best be called a a sexist seniority system. All right. So the, What's that mean? The oldest, most experienced can decide whether or not to be the one who administers the life-saving. No, no. If he defers, it'd be the next most experienced. And why would and he, he defer? Defers, <laughs> well, he might defer because... Uh, if it's a woman, it's not his type. <laughs> yeah, no, or no. if it's a no, man, no, no. it's not, not his That's not at all type. correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Shran, can you hold on a second? That's not at all correct, Megan, no, sir. You, you were telling us before the show, <laughs> yeah, this is serious. This is, you were, have just been trained in this. I have been, yeah. I'm you certified do, to teach CPR and all that and stuff. And to yeah. give mouth to mouth. And to give have mouth you to ever mouth. heard yep. about that? that yeah, no, 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 that's not a thing. That is not really a thing. not a thing. You're not allowed to do that. No, in fact, you're supposed you you don't have like you don't swear to it, but it is frowned upon. In fact, if you do not perform CPR on somebody and you have the ability to. So if I was drowning, oh Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> totally opened myself up to that yeah, one tonight. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Because I, I, you know re- what? They just revoked my card. I can't. <laughs> I rarely do a show when I'm not drowning at some point. <laughs> yeah, right. That's very true. All right, Dr. Shran, here's a question from yeah. Karen. She's from Boise, Idaho. If I'm caught in a riptide, how do I get out of it? That's a good question That's if you're question. ocean swimming. Tell us what is a riptide and how do you get out of it if you're caught in one? Well, a riptide is a sudden outflow of water where the waves from the left and the 
Waves from the right both go out together. All right. And if you get caught in it, it can pull you out. All right. How do and you get... the way to get out of it yep. is to yell, help. <laughs> <laughs> again, wow. again. I'm, it doesn't sound doesn't right. sound right to me. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what his qualifications are. But. Are you a doctor? With all due respect, are you certified? Yes, I'm a certified lifeguard and... Ph.D. in medieval English. Oh, now, see, that's interesting because that makes a question. You certifiable. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a question that just has come in. Oh, by the way, I, don't, I hate to interrupt, but I also do work on storm doors. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's a question from Julius. This is an appropriate name. It's a question about medieval literature. And I don't know, is it medieval or medieval? Four syllables or three? You tell us, Dr. Schramm. It's is... pronounced usually with three. It means Middle Ages. Okay. Medieval. Medieval. Okay. So it's a question about medieval literature from Julius from, um, from Houston, Texas. If several members, oh, this is a good one. <clears throat> if several members of Beowulf's family... <clears throat> are drinking at the grog house, and the bartender wants to refer to them. Does he call them the Bay Wolves or the Bay Wolves? Beowulf. There's an extra syllable. Well, <laughs> have you got a minute? <laughs> uh, actually, we don't, but thanks so much. <laughs> well, look, the question is, is the plural of Bay Wolf like it, is it... And you also have to wonder if Beowulves are endangered in Yellowstone. You just don't have to wonder. So what's the plural of Beowulf? Well, you know, he was the hero of the Beatish nation, never married, no sons, and when he died, that was the end of their story. So there never was a plural. There you go. Oh, boy, that's interesting. Well, there Simple you go. That's interesting. A trick question. A question. Last Julius. question. This is from Tyrone of Atlanta. If Muhammad Ali, the prize fighter, and David Hasselhoff, the lifeguard, got into a bar fight, who do you think would win, the lifeguard or the prize fighter? Well, the lifeguard would win. All right. Because David could run away in slow motion. Oh. <laughs> All right, Dr. Greg Schran, ask the lifeguard. That's very good. You know, we make, we make fun, but there's a lot of really interesting information there. A lot? Was there? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, I want to ask you, Jerry. No, you uh, Part of the business. Well, I want yeah, to ask you yes. something about England, but, oh. uh, but before we do that, and I, I have a bone to pick with both you and Megan. Oh, good. You guys come in here, and you're always quick with these ideas that sound kind of clever and sometimes even funny, and you have one about, well, let's set the world record. How many miles in one week can we put on a car that's that unlimited? To be clear. To be clear, Mr. Galvin. Yeah, thank you. That's you. That's all you. That's all you. You were going to drive around a parking lot for six months, like the last time that we, that yeah, we checked in on this. You idea about <laughs> driving a... Uh, because I was wondering why that never happened, because I've noticed it isn't happening. Because you never did it. It never happened. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jerry, in England, what did you notice, if anything, about the viewpoint of your average... Uh, Brit toward America these days, and or most specifically, what do they think of Trump from what you observe? It really is amazing. If you've made, I, I've been going to England several times a year forever, 
And, uh, and if, if you have been recently, and you've been a few years ago, the change in people's view about America is, is honestly, it's frightening. Because these are the br British people. These are, you know, the only thing different among us is the accent, to be honest. Um, you know, the culture is exactly the same. In fact, I have long argued that there are greater differences differences between rich Americans and working class Americans or rich British people and working class British people than there is between both countries that are rich and both countries that are working class. In other words, the class distinction is greater than, than the nationality differences. So wealthy Brits are just like wealthy Americans. I mean, you could have been around them for your whole life. There's nothing different about it. And same with working class people. But the resentments that are building up, both in Britain now and in America, as we've seen, are, are similar. And, but what is noticeable is you always felt any place you go in Europe, any place you go in most of the world, to be honest, when you were an American traveling, it was always a good feeling. It was always like, boy, I, you know, one day I'd like to be able to come to your country. And I'm not talking just about refugees escaping horror. Just this was a place where young people one day, if they could make it here in America, that would be great. That feeling is gone. The feeling towards America now, well, if, if you talk about Trump, it's from mockery to downright dislike or more extreme elements, hate. It's, it's really uncomfortable. I mean, I, I'm sitting there having lunch and people just come up and say, not even hi, Jerry, just what's going on with, what about you and Trump? I mean, your, your, your people and, and Trump and that. So they get all of our news all the time and they seem obsessed with it. So it's having an effect. Now, the question is, does any of this really matter? In other words, right now, so they're not crazy about us. They don't like us. They think we're foolish. Not all of it, though, can be placed on Trump. As much as some of us might be very unhappy that he's the president, this new view of America can't all be placed on his doorstep. I believe that the new view of the world towards America has been about 20 years in the making. There are three things that shook the world's confidence that we were the leader. We were the country you looked up to, the country you could count on and things got difficult for you. And the first was the war in Iraq. That was the first thing that, boy, America really blew it. And we, because Europe and NATO really took it seriously, when we were attacked, all the NATO nations from day one were behind us. They sent their people in to fight in the war in Iraq. They were totally behind us. You know, it, it, it was the end of Blair's political career, by the way, he supported America in that war. So they were all there, and the fact that it was a war that came about under false pretenses, they started to lose confidence in America. What are you guys doing? And, you know, the fact that we're still fighting there. So that was the first thing. 
The second break in confidence of America as the shining light of the world was at the end of the Bush presidency, the 2008 uh, collapse of our economy or the, our banking system, our financial system. That really shook people's confidence because there was always the notion that America, particularly after the Marshall Plan of World War, after World War II, that America would always economically be there to bail, bail countries out. You know, we were the, the gold standard. And when all of a sudden our economy was in trouble, and the fact is the growth in other world economies was better than ours, and it was our financial system that was going under, that was the second thing that, wait a second, maybe this romanticism we have about America is misplaced. And then, of course, the third thing is now Trump. And you know, when they see red, white, and blue, the uh, American flag, to them, the red is other red Trump hats. The white is his flag of surrender in terms of being a leader of the world anymore. We're pulling out of the Paris Accords. We're pulling out of, uh, you know, we can't guarantee that we'll be there for NATO. All these things of just turning inward, America only for America. We're not necessarily going to be there for the rest of the free countries in the world. We're going to focus now just on us. That's kind of scary. And then blue is because everyone's blue about it. But you put all those things together, the, uh, the war in Iraq followed by 2008 financial collapse, and now Trump, it is clear, and this is not me being partisan, just go there yourself. Read any British paper, French paper, German paper. They see the most powerful influences in the world now being Putin, China, and Merkel of Germany. Merkel is now viewed as their real leader. I mean, we're even hearing Canada saying they're going to you know, have to start thinking about going it alone for whatever ability they have to do that. The poll that just came out two days ago of polling all the Western nations in the world, among the population, it was a poll of 14,000 people. Only 22% of Mexicans have a positive view of America. 37% of Brits have a positive view of America. Germany, which used to be like 75, 80%, they loved us. We guaranteed their security during the Cold War years maybe 40% a positive view of America anymore. We have to think about this because if we are gonna go it alone, that is going to be returned to us. When there's a crisis now, we can't guarantee that the nations are suddenly gonna jump to America's help. If there's more terrorism and we need help from the other countries in terms of their intelligence, finding out where these cells are, you know, they're not necessarily going to be there for us. How insulted the people of London were when it, the day after London had the terrorist attack last month, when the van hit the people walking along the London Bridge, and then Trump comes out and bless the Muslim mayor of London. You know, when you compare that with British response to our 9-11 when they played the national anthem at Buckingham Palace. This matters. 
what the rest of the world views us because we are a global, this is a planet. Days of building a wall around America are not going to work. I don't care what your politics are. I don't care how conservative you are. It's not going to work. Everything we buy, everything we buy, you know, much of it is made in other countries. This idea that we can just do everything on our own is crazy. I grew up as a kid, and those of us who are near my age, we all grew up thinking that the only threat to America was the possibility of Soviet missiles. We thought if anything was going to undo us, it would be that, and we built bomb shelters, and we had the Cuban Missile Crisis. We grew up in a world that said if we can just defend ourselves against communism, we'll be okay. We'll be around for centuries as a free society. Whoever thought that the greatest threat to America being a leader in the world would come not from Moscow, but from the White House or Washington, D.C. And that's where we are today. Don't take my word from it. Go to any newspaper in the world right now. We've given up as being the leader of the free world, and that's a shame. Thank you, Jerry. Well, what a happy note. I know. I was like, how do you end after that really uplifting? That's great. Thanks, Chair. Um, so uh, other than that, at Tales, Tunes, Tom Fuller, we like to uh, bring folks on that are kind of young, up-and-coming musicians, and we have one that's coming up here now. If we can welcome, yes, Ms. Josie Galvin. Josie is the youngest performer we have had on our show. She is 10 years old. Um, and she is here today with her teacher, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. How are you? And Hannah, you teach here at the folk school, correct? I do. Excellent. How long have you been working around down here? Um, I just came to town in December from Chicago. Excellent. Well, welcome. Thank you very much. And Josie, how long have you been playing the ukulele? Since January. <laughs> Since January. Wow. Okay. And you're confident to come up? And, that's amazing. That's so cool. That's half your life. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that is half her life. <laughs> But this isn't your first, from what I understand, you, you perform pretty regularly, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't she you... She is, uh, because, you know, obviously, she's Jean's uh, a granddaughter. granddaughter. Yep. And, uh, and literally, I've known her since she was born. She's incredibly talented. I mean, in yeah. dance, in, you know, I, you go to Hilton Head... And you get up on the stage, you know, when they have these kids come up there? Yeah. And every kid tries to sing a song or do something like that. She gets up on stage and blows people away. Well, I'm excited to hear it. her. It's in her jeans. Not this jean. Not this jean. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not this jean. <laughs> well, great. So I understand you do have um, a couple songs that you want to play for us. What's your first one called? Um, I'll Fly Away. You're going to sing I'll Fly Away. Yes. Excellent. I love this song. We'll have it. Josie Galvin. Some glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away to the home on God's celestial shore. Fly away. 
Excellent. That was so cool. Thank you. Uh, so, you started ukulele four months ago? Um, probably six months ago. Six months ago? Yeah-ish. I don't know. Do you play other instruments, too? Um, I've messed around with the dulcimer, kind of. I can play a couple songs. Yeah? And you yeah, like the that's... ukulele best so far? Yeah. Very cool. So, you wrote your next song, is that correct? Yes. And it's called? Detention Blues. Detention it's... Blues. And Mom and Dad are here. <laughs> So what, what, made you, what, what, what made you put pen to paper on this, Josie? What made you write it? Okay, so I, I, did, I didn't get sent to detention. No, it's not that bad. <laughs> um, okay, so um, I was thinking since it's blues, I, did, I personally don't like school always that much. No. So I, I thought like blues, something, can, something can always happens there. So I was thinking what's the worst thing that could happen to me at school? And, well, I had a sleepover with a friend coming up, and what if I got sent to detention and I couldn't do it? So I thought about that, and then I wrote down other ideas, and then we just decided to do that. Very so, cool. Well, yeah. let's hear it. I can't wait to hear it. Okay. It's kind of a comedy, so. <laughs> She's satirical already. She's 10. <laughs> I love it. my friends 
was having fun I didn't do anything wrong I was just chewing gum Oh, my teacher said he's down I think she's taking a sneeze Oh, my teacher said he's down I think she's taking a sneeze I think this might be my chance To break out of the tension blues <laughs> I think this might be my chance To break out of the tension blues This might be my chance to break out of detention. But I would. That is awesome. So cool. Did I make the point that that's my granddaughter? Right? (laughs) So, Josie, I have a couple. What kind of music do you listen to? Like, who do you like? Well, I listen to, like, pop music, but I'm, I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, my favorite types of music, I like jazz, I like folk, and I like bluegrass. <laughs> so, did, did, did Grandpa maybe have something to do with that? Was there maybe some yeah. influence? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did Grandpa ever tell you all the times he was in detention? So <laughs> many. Yeah. yeah. Next Gene. Sunday, when you guys get together, ask, ask him. Ask him about that. <laughs> well, hey, thank, by the way. Yeah, go ahead, Gene. Well, a point that I want to... Let's hear it for Hannah. Yeah, Hannah. Hannah. I can tell you... my granddaughter. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you that Josie loves Hannah, and Hannah is guiding her in whatever is evolving here, and, you know, time will tell. But but I just brag about the folk school coffee parlor. Yeah. And now I've got my own granddaughter down here, part of this, because, and Josie, isn't it true? We sit here on Wednesday afternoons when you have your oh, lesson. Oh, yeah, I love it. And we watch, and I'm always in your ear about, hey, that's so-and-so from the Harm Brothers. Actually, she's from the Harm oh, Brothers. Yeah? And, all, and somebody from the Tillers and the There's Price Hill Hustle. There's always somebody in. Yeah. There's always some really good oh, yeah. players who are then teaching just as Hannah is. So... The Folk School Coffee Parlor is an amazing place. You're traveling through the Midwest. You have got to stop here because that's why it's called the Folk yeah. School Coffee Parlor. Yeah, it's This great. is partially what they do, and Josie's now experiencing it. And let's Wonderful. put a plug in also for the whole concept of, because I know it's under pressure now, is teaching the arts mm-hmm. in school. Yep. I mean, I know we have to learn math and science, but we've got to... And, Gene, you've been an educator for years. The importance of that, not to be sloughed off, but in the development of any child, and the way not only does that increase your brain and parts of the brain that are important for other skills as well, but it just rounds you out. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to just build computers. We, we, we've got to support the arts, because, I frankly... I think if you've got some feeling for the arts, you're going to be a much more sensitive, caring grown-up. And, uh, you know, they're very, they're not that many artists that are going around and wanting this, to do bad things. Again, Hannah, 10-year teacher, uh, Chicago Public Schools in the Arts. She is trained, she is an orchestra teacher, so she can teach any instrument. We're always oh talking gosh. about this, the same thing Jerry was just referring to. She plays everything. Uh, so... <laughs> Anyway, yep. very cool. Well, you guys are going to take us out on down by the riverside, is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This will be the highlight of your 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> and we're-
we're sorry. We're very sorry, JC. Yeah, but Jerry the next is going to be sing. better. Don't worry. Yeah, Jerry's going to jump in there with you. Our bad. I'm going to lay down my burdens down by the riverside. Down by the riverside. Down by the riverside. I'm going to lay down my burdens down by the riverside. Study or no more. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery. Recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com.